This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. 653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And happy Monday, one and all. Glad you tuned in here to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, the way to get in touch with the show it is quite easy to do. Telephone number, 888 That's 888-900-3393. On social media, it is The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas. Listening to the show live, theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, or the iHeartRadio app. By the way, in case you haven't seen it lately or you haven't investigated this lately, I highly recommend the Blaze Radio smartphone app. It is getting better by the day. So I would highly encourage you to have a second, third, maybe fourth look at that and download it to your smartphone or your tablet. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, that's who we use here at the Blaze to uh, have on-demand listening. And what, what that is is basically all of our broadcasts are archived. So you guys go to SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, and maybe at the end of the week, maybe on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you guys do some binge listening. Get caught up on everything you need to get caught up on. And it's all of the Blaze content from the very early morning with Doc to the very late evening with El Pelka and and Buck Sexton as well. So make sure that uh, those are on your radar screen, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, If you want to check out the latest and the greatest as far as news, concern, and opinion, go to theblaze.com. On theblaze.com, you will find a channels section. And on that channel section, there's all of us. We're all there. And make sure you find the Chris Salcedo Show channel and like that or follow that. I don't think you like that. You actually follow that. And you'll be hip as to what's going on in the show, at least some of the highlights from the show of that particular day. Uh, I was just on Facebook going back and forth with some of the liberals who find us and was extolling the virtue of the fact that now the United States, since Syrian bombers targeted our interests over in Syria, that we responded. And I wrote down, and you know, this is this is fantastic news that don't we have a new sheriff in town. Uh, unlike the last administration, if you hurt America's interests, America uh, is now going to respond. And Syria has had its plane downed. And now Russia's got its panties in a twist saying that it will shoot down anything over Syria. 
I welcome them to try. I welcome them to try. Folks, the Russians don't want an, a military conflict with us. It's the last thing they want. That's just a bunch of bluster from Vladimir Putin and friends. But one of the liberals uh, on this on this uh, back and forth uh, was on and on and on about Trump, 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 and you know, completely unrelated topics. And I said, well, you know, it's just a good thing that now we have uh, an, an administration in office that will respond to these despots and dictators. The last administration just figured out a way to give them our taxpayer money. So that's a pleasant change. Let's do the flip around, shall we? Out to uh, CNN first. America should have these questions answered on camera so right we can see what they're saying. And when they don't do this, they're, they're just doing a disservice to the people of this country. And, and I don't want to sound <laughs> like I'm getting on my soapbox here, but when, you know, Sean Spicer, the White House press secretary, who's pretty high, highly paid for a government official in this country, comes in and, and just says you can't record the video or audio from these briefings, that wouldn't be tolerated at city council meetings or at a governor's press conference. <laughs> this is CNN, folks. Uh, griping that Sean Spicer is not holding a press conference. This is the leader of the basket of bias complaining that they won't have new ability and new fodder to drag Trump's administration through the mud. Now, this is the same CNN who sat nearly silent when Hillary Clinton went for months without having a press conference. When the uh, Obama administration uh, wouldn't go into certain news agencies like Fox and CNN sat silent. You know what? Before before I leave CNN, oh, they, they brought little Brian Stetler on to talk about this, too. Let's listen in. Hold on. Uh, we've seen briefings. The context for today is that we've seen the briefings get shorter. We've seen fewer on-camera briefings, more off-camera briefings. And we've, we've seen this attempt to hold them less often. So instead of five days a week, four or three days a week. Uh, it was a week ago that there was an on-camera briefing with Spicer. Since then, it's either been off-camera or nothing at all. And in the past couple weeks, the White House has also <laughs> said, you can't air the audio of this either. So for a while, we were airing live audio of these briefings off-camera. Even that, the White House says, is not allowed. They're forbidding that. So what we're seeing is inch by inch by inch, the administration rolling back on access. So yeah, no, on access to you, little Brian Stetler. And why would you, I mean, President Obama did the same thing. President Obama didn't want any tough questions from uh, who they perceived to be uh, an agendized press. That's why they wouldn't go to Fox. Now, this administration views you all as agendized press, which you actually are. Fox just was going to ask him a tough question, and Obama didn't want to answer tough questions. You guys are out to get Donald Trump. So they're limiting your access. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Here's uh, MSNBS. It was at the very least an acknowledgement uh, that he was under investigation. What you heard is outside counsel, Jay Sekulow, effectively trying to argue uh, on the Sunday shows was that the president hasn't been made aware of any type of investigation. And that uh, may be the fact, because if you think about it, Ali, this investigation is still very much in its early stages. So yes, and, and whether it's in its early stages or its late stages, usually the person under investigation isn't informed. And certainly nobody that's official or has any credibility, MSNBS, comes to you guys and say, oh yeah, we're investigating this guy. We're investigating Obama. We're investigating Trump. We're investigating Hillary Clinton. Took us a year and a half before the FBI had to finally admit 
that they were doing a criminal investigation on Hillary Clinton. <laughs> you, you don't tell them. Hillary Clinton was saying, oh, this was an investigative matter or a security review. Comey's like, no, it's a criminal investigation. We had to come out and say something, but anybody that's credible doesn't talk about it. And that's what we're seeing now. Anyone credible doesn't talk about it. Plain and simple. <laughs> uh, Trump says he's under investigation. He doesn't know. Trump doesn't know. All right. Um, let's go over to Fox Business. It could be the summer catalyst to get Molson Coors uh, mm. on the move once again. It's been trading between 80 and 100 now for almost two years, and it's down to the 85 level. I like it, and I like Zima. So do I, but tell me, back in the 90s, where you, when you ordered it at TGI Fridays, or at least I did, I would whisper it to the bartender because everybody laughed at us. They're talking about, uh, well, of course, it's business over there at Fox Business. They're talking about Zima. Did you, he, well, actually, Allie, you're probably a little too, or Ellie, you're probably a little too um, young to have tried Zima. Uh, but Zima was this weird, funky, clear, new age type of alcoholic beverage, just carbonated, if I remember correctly. I didn't, I think I tried it once, said, <laughs> forget that noise. Uh, but they might be bringing it back. It's supposed to be light and effervescent and crisp. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can. Let me just do a really quick search here and see if I can find any marketing on Zima. Uh, Zima uh, and I'm not trying to promote them here. Let's see. Uh, okay. Well, let me see what Wikipedia has. Uh, Zima is a clear, lightly carbonated alcoholic beverage that was made and distributed by Coors Brewing Company. Introduced in 1993, it was marketed as an alternative to beer. For example, of what is now often referred to as a cooler. Uh, you know, well, you guys have had wine coolers before, right? Uh, some of you adults out there. 4.7 to 5.4% alcohol by volume. Its production in the United States ceased in October of 2008. But now Coors is talking about bringing it back. Uh, do I have time? Yeah, I do. Let's go over to Fox. And, well, mix it up with Chris. Let me be crystal clear so you completely understand. We have not received nor are we aware of any investigation of the president of the united states Sir, you just said Period. two times that he's being investigated no the context of the tweet i just gave you the legal theory chris of how the constitution works if in fact it was correct that the president was being investigated he would be investigating for taking action that an agency told him to take so that is protected under the constitution as his article one power okay what seculo is talking about here now there's a whole bunch of semantics and word games being played with jay seculo on fox news uh, this weekend, uh, Chris Wallace takes Washington Post reporting as if it were gospel, even though it's been proven several times to have been factually inaccurate, biased and dead wrong. James Comey proved it was dead wrong in its reporting. New York Times as well. But it's still the vaunted Washington Post and the vaunted New York Times. Well, if there's a report out there, it must be true. Right, Chris Wallace? If if, it, if if somebody says it, it must be true. Well, except for we in talk radio, right, Chris Wallace? Only legitimate, biased, left-wing journalists. And they're not even journalists if they're left-wing. Uh, biased, left-wing reporters. Only they can be taken at face value, even if they're proven again and again and again and again to be wrong. And what Jay Sekulow was talking about was, look... <laughs> 
Here is the president of the United States who fires Comey, his deputy attorney general, his attorney general agree, and that same agency within the executive branch is now opening up a special counsel to investigate him for firing Comey, which they all agreed with. And Segulo's going, the hell is this? I, I kind of agree with him. Uh, coming up later in the program, we'll get much more in-depth into this with a, a former FBI investigator, former, uh, former U.S. Marine, who will, I have a lot of questions for him, uh, not least of which, Rosenstein. What do we make of Rosenstein? Rosenstein, Rosenstein. What, it, is, what is going on with this guy? Many people are asking, good grief, how does, how does the guy you just appointed ended up referring caving to, to Democrats as soon as he gets into office and giving them something that wasn't even warranted, which is the special, special counsel? And look at the special counsel right now, folks. It was supposed to look into, into uh, Russian collusion in the 2016 election. But guess what? Now it's looking into obstruction. And pretty soon it'll be looking into parking tickets. And pretty soon it'll be looking into financial uh, disclosures from anybody associated with the, with the Trump campaign. This is, this is crazy. This is a runaway investigation looking in search of a crime. They are they're on a, what they call a fishing expedition way beyond their original scope, which was to investigate Russian collusion in our government. We'll talk more about this coming up on the Salcedo Show. It's The Blaze Radio Network. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. You may not know this, but presidents' policies reach far beyond their administration. I'm writing this in response to an individual on Facebook who is insistent that we don't go back and look at what Obama did these last eight years. The, and, and then decided to want to show up onto my Facebook page and make up a whole bunch of stuff about what Trump is doing. And, and the problem is, he doesn't know. I don't know. You don't know what Trump is being, what is being looked at as far as Donald Trump is concerned. Nobody knows. Uh, because uh, an investigation, a special investigation or a special counsel is not supposed to reveal this stuff. All we have is the word of some nameless, faceless sources to a left-wing biased so-called news outlet. That's all we've got that indicates that Trump is on under investigation. CNN is, is uh, their, their Chiron graphic, that little thing that's... Uh, that shows letters down on the lower third of the television screen that tells you who's speaking or what, what they're talking about. They're saying, Trump attorney says no investigation despite Trump tweet. Trump doesn't know. He was going off the example of reporting out of the Washington Post. If he had put a question mark in there, he'd have been fine. And about Trump's tweeting, you know, I don't, I've always supported his tweeting when it's on message. 
But when Trump tweets something and it undercuts and it allows the likes of CNN to go crazy, that you've got to be a little more disciplined in these tweets. We're going to get more into this in a second because there is, there is now some cracks in the left-wing biased outlook here on these so-called investigations into Donald Trump and his, and his election team. A member of the left wing of this country is starting to ask the question, where's the beef? Where, where is the evidence? I see no evidence. And that's coming up. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this terror attack over in the UK. There's one over in France, too. Looks like uh, this, the attacker was killed. Not sure what the nature of that one is quite yet, but we know the one in the UK where one has died and 10 were injured was an attack on Muslims in that country. This, this terrorist attack um, is being roundly condemned by the, the politically correct left and even uh, the cowed right over in the UK. And this type of thing deserves to be uh, condemned. This guy taking on the tactics of the radicalized Islamic fundamentalists to go mow down people who were not likely not part of the jihad. That's, um, and I, I was confronted with this earlier. If something had been done over here that was similar, it would have been regarded possibly as a hate crime. And think about this. This guy took his car, ran over some folks. He had a target, Muslims. Now, when a, when a radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist attack attacks, he just wants to blow apart as many people as he possibly can, or she can. And he's not very picky about, I mean, it could be Christians, Jews, Muslim, other Muslims. Doesn't matter to them. So that's the distinction between, at least some are saying, between terrorism and a hate crime. So if radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists target a Christian community, does that mean it's a hate crime and not terrorism? I don't think so. I think it's all terrorism. Uh, the Oklahoma City bombing, terrorism. Dylan Roof shooting up that black church, terrorism. Because it's, it's designed to all do the same thing, to advance a certain agenda, an ideology. Dylan Roof, in his case, a racist, idiotic ideology, ignorant ideology, and radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorist minds to, to advance their idea of radical Islam, of... Uh, of Sharia or whatever the heck is uh, whatever the heck their their cause is that day, and then you've got these this guy this kook over in in the UK who just wanted to go take out some Muslims for hate's sake. That's his agenda: the, the spreading of hate, keep fomenting the hate. So terrorism is terrorism is terrorism as far as I'm concerned, and I can't imagine something similar happening over here in the United States and somebody going, oh, that's a hate crime. Although, you know what? With Dylan Roof, it happened. With Dylan Roof, 
Remember we came on this show, we said that was that was terrorism. That wasn't a, that's a hate crime. No, 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 that's, that, that's, that's terrorism. The whole idea was to terrorize an entire community of people. And uh, I just, uh, that just, that's just how I look at it. I think it's a, it, on some level it just comes down to semantics, but it also might instruct us on how to handle these people in the future. Anyway, I got much more coming up on the program. I do want to talk a little bit more about uh, the Syrian jet that was downed by American aircraft and what the response to Vladimir, or by Vladimir Putin is. And then we'll get into Gingrich. He's the only one that's out there talking about this stuff, folks. He's out, He's the only one out there pushing back. My question is, where are the Republicans? The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. Happy you've tuned in. 888-933-93, 888-900-3393. Uh, U.S. World, let, me, let, me, let me read this story because things are kind of escalating over in Syria. Uh, Russia has said it will treat U.S. warplanes operating in parts of Syria where its air forces are present as targets amid a, a diplomatic row caused by the downing of a Syrian jet. The country's defense ministry said the change in position would apply to all aircraft, including those operating as part of the U.S.-backed coalition. It will also suspend a hotline between Russia and the U.S. set up to prevent mid-air collisions. The ministry said in a statement, all kinds of airborne vehicles, including aircraft and UAVs of the international coalition, detected to the west of the Euphrates, will be tracked by the Russian SAM systems as air targets. The warning followed after a U.S. F-18 Super Hornet shot down a Syrian Army Su-22 jet on Sunday in the countryside, in the countryside southwest of Raqqa. Washington said the jet had dropped bombs near U.S.-backed forces, but Damascus said the plane was downed while flying a mission against ISIS militants, which is patently absurd. Russia's defense ministry said the suspension of its communication channel with the Americans would begin immediately. Okay. Okay. And know that any one of, and hopefully this, this is getting out, I have not heard a U.S. response yet, but I'm praying this will be the U.S. response. Any fire from Russian missile defense systems toward our planes will be met with overwhelming force. Overwhelming force. You do not get to take shots at U.S. interests, our planes, or those folks on the ground without getting a poop storm thrown right back at you. And that's what uh, I would hope would be the response from the Trump administration. So that's all happening right now, folks. By the way, before we go on too much further into some of the political shenanigans going on with this investigation, the, the, the Cosby jury 
the Cosby jury ended up in a hung jury. I was like, whoa. Apparently, it was only one guy. That's what I heard. Just one guy was a holdout. So that means it's going to be retried. The, the prosecutor who, who ran for his job, he, he ran on prosecuting Cosby. That, that was his main thrust to get elected. So he has, he has it in for Cosby one way or the other. Now, had there been several holdouts on this jury, um, then maybe the, the attorney probably would have, the DA would have said, oh, no, we're not going to do this, I suppose. They would have dropped the whole matter. But because it was just one guy, they're just going to try again. That's at least the word I'm getting. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Mira Ramirez was telling us about that uh, police incident up in Minnesota. The police officers were found not guilty uh, on a on a jury and are acquitted on this jury. And there were two black guys who were part of the jury, and they said, "No, these cops don't deserve to be prosecuted." So that that went down as of Friday. So we'll um, we'll keep an eye on any any ramifications that come out of that. But uh, those are just some things in the courts. And speaking of the courts and speaking of trials, uh, there is a witch hunt, a witch trial going on right now with Donald Trump. With the numerous investigations, you have the FBI, which has been investigating over a year. You have the Senate and the House doing their investigations. And by the way, the, the, the very idea that is incompetent as it seems FBI leadership was under James Comey. The idea that the House and the Senate are going to be able to investigate this stuff fairly and accurately and anywhere competently or as competently as the FBI is, is insane. These people can't even balance a checkbook. These people can't even guard the border. These people... Can't even, uh, I hear that they're, they're contemplating working through their summer recess. <gasps> you mean you have to stay in work when your work doesn't get done? Oy vey. Anyway. So this idea that these investigations are anywhere credible other than political witch hunts, that the Senate and the House is, is laughable on its face. Then you got the special counsel headed by Robert Mueller. And Gingrich is livid over all this. And so is and so is the president, he speculates. I don't know that Newt's talked to him, but Newt jumps on ABC this weekend and says the president is probably ticked off because every single time we get confirmation the president's not under investigation or there's no evidence of collusion, which, by the way, that's the only thing that we have heard. No evidence of collusion since the FBI has been investigating since last summer. Nearly a year. And here we are nearly a year, and that's all we hear. No evidence of collusion. And Gingrich says, and now that that's the case, now they're moving the goalpost, which is the nature of political witch hunts. 
He is infuriated and legitimately, in my judgment, by this whole Russian baloney. Uh, and notice how it's evolving. I mean, you start over here with Russia. Well, they don't have anything on Russia, but maybe, maybe there was obstruction. We may not get anything on obstruction, but maybe there's going to be perjury. And maybe there'll be, you know, I mean, you go, you go down the list and, you, and you, we've, we've been here before. We watched Comey appoint Patrick Fitzgerald, who was the godfather to Comey's children. And Fitzgerald knew there was no crime. Yeah, he's talking about uh, Fitzgerald was back during this Valerie Plame incident during the Bush administration. We told you guys about this. For those of you who weren't tuned in at the time, uh, Mueller appointed, there was a Comey who appointed Fitzpatrick. And the leaker of Valerie Plame's identity was a guy by the name of Richard Armitage. And they knew it, but they kept on investigating. They kept on investigating to find a crime. And they got Scooter Libby in the vice president's office, Vice President Cheney. They got Scooter Libby and sent him up the river for two years on a technicality, on a contradiction in statements that had nothing to do, nothing to do with the original scope of the investigation, which was to figure out who outed Valerie Plame. On day one of that investigation, Patrick Fitzgerald knew it was Richard Armitage. He knew, but kept on going. And that's what Newt Gingrich is speculating is going on with Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller knows there's nothing here. Bob Mueller has, knows there's nothing going on. But he's going to continue to investigate until he gets his scalp. Gingrich thinks... The probe, by the way, now that even though they're moving on from Russia collusion to now obstruction, Gingrich isn't object to to doing some investigations into foreign influence here in the United States and not just investigating Republicans. Let's start investigating some of those Democrats on their collusion. This Russian baloney. It's Russian baloney. If, if people are involved <clears throat> in collusion with Russia, don't you want to know about that? There is there's no evidence. I mean, first of all, if you want to investigate Russia, fine. How about Bill Clinton's half million dollar speech? How about uh, Podesta's brother who's a registered agent for a Russian bank? How about the let, uranium let's deal? Let's stick with this for now. No, yeah, let's just stick with me beating up on, on Trump. Let's just beat up on Trump, shall we? Right. Martha Raddatz couldn't be found when uh, 20% of the U.S. uranium was sold to Russians. Uh, Martha Raddatz couldn't be found when Barack Obama went back on commitments we had made to the Czech Republic and to Poland to give them a missile defense shield against the Iranians. Oh, that made Vladimir Putin's panties get in a twist and Obama caved like, and folded like a cheap tent. Uh, where was Martha Raddatz when... Russia invaded Ukraine and stole our allies' land. And for those of you who don't know, we agreed as part of a condition the Ukrainians give up their nuclear weapons when the Soviet Union fell. We pledged to them that we would defend them in case the Russians ever got squirrely. And under President Obama, we went back on that promise. So the Russians were allowed to go in, invade, steal their land. We did nothing. Where was Martha Raddatz? No, no, no. So, so uh, the reason I bring all of this up is who was the real butt kisser to Putin? Let me, 
Let me ask that, because the, the basket of biased press won't tell you this. Let me ask all of you, who was the real butt kisser of Vladimir Putin? Donald Trump, who just shot down one of Putin's allies' planes? Or Barack Obama, for everything Newt just articulated and everything I just articulated? It's, it's, a, it's simple after all. Democrats have a long history of jumping in bed with either Soviets or Russians. And the last Democrat administration, no different. Oh, no, I'm just saying, I'm happy to look at Russia's relationship. I actually think it would be healthy to have congressional hearings on foreign influence peddling in the U.S. way beyond the Russians. I think that's important for the future of our democracy. I think you're right, Newt Gingrich. I think we ought to be looking into how many times the Democrats met with Russians. I think we ought to be looking at how many times Democrats met with the Chinese, how many times Democrats met with the North Koreans. How many, let's start seeing how much money and how much influence is out there influencing these so-called leaders in the United States. All of them, regardless of party, or are we to believe only Republicans are worthy of investigation? I don't think so. Let's go down. If we're going to go down this road, let's go down it and let's get it. Let's get everybody. Let's get everybody who's skimming off the top and who's making money off a of foreign, uh, foreign influence. I'm all for it. And we can start with the Clinton Foundation and those affiliated with the Clinton Foundation. I'll be back in a minute. It's the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, Newt Gingrich was confronted over the weekend, folks, with uh, his about face on Mueller. When Bob Mueller was announced as special counsel, Gingrich praised him up and down, and, and Raddatz brought this up. In May, you said he was a superb choice for special counsel with an impeccable reputation for honesty. Less than a month later, you say he won't be fair. Well, because, frankly, I, I switch, and I, and I have no problem with Bob Mueller as a person, but I have every problem with how he's, what he's doing. I, frankly, began to switch the minute Comey, in this remarkable public statement, says, uh, I deliberately leaked to a college professor to leak to the New York Times for the purpose of getting a special counsel. Okay, now the special counsel happens to be a close friend of, of Comey, which is weird, because under Justice Department rules, Mueller can't investigate Comey. But, but Mueller was okay. appointed by Rosenstein. I know. And yeah, Comey, but, but, Comey isn't under investigation. Comey may be under investigation. If you have an obstruction case, Comey's got to be one of the major witnesses. So then I look at who Mueller... So I'm now curious. So I then look at who Mueller's hired. One of the lawyers he brought in has such a record of hiding evidence from the defense. The Supreme Court ruled 9-0 to zero that when that lawyer participated in destroying Arthur Anderson, 85,000 jobs, that it wasn't a crime. 
but he hid the evidence. He hid the evidence in Enron and four people who were innocent spent a year in jail. Now, you bring in headhunters like that, the first four people he brought in, one was a person who had defended the Clinton Foundation against Freedom of Information Act. And not to mention the fact that these attorneys, the first four that he brought in were massive Democrat donors. So their their poor track record is as being as what what did Newt call them, headhunters, Democrat donors. They have they have an agenda. They have conflicts of interest sewn into their politics. I mean, there there are conflicts of interest all over the place. Patrick Fitzgerald had was had Godfather, Godson, or whatever with Fitzpatrick, uh, Comey's good buddies with. With Bob Mueller, all these all these attorneys all come in and they all seem to know each other. They all have an agenda, which is to be uh, big donors to the Democrat Party. And, and, and Newt finally had enough of this. He goes, why should any Republican be cool with this? And so you think Bob Mueller is politicizing I, this investigation no, you, and, you, and that's why you, you don't tell, trust you him? You tell me why the first four names that came up, I don't know about the next nine, the first four names are all people who gave to Democrats. Two of them are people with a record of hiding evidence from the defense. And one of them is a person who defended the Clinton Foundation. Now, in this environment with a Justice Department where 97% of the donations for last year went to Hillary, 97%. Explain to me why I should relax as a Republican. I agree. Why, why, should we, why should we accept this baked in unfair standard? Would Hillary Clinton accept quote unquote justice from a, a Justice Department where 97% of the individuals there gave to the Republican campaign of her, of her opponent? Would, would Hillary Clinton put up with Bob Mueller having a close personal relationship to her accusers. No, absolutely not. This is just a massive double standard that Democrats are lawyers and those are the only people you're going to find to fairly prosecute these things because Democrats dominate the law profession. Is that where to understand? And like I said, Bob Mueller... And Newt Gingrich said, Bob Mueller's making a lot of poor choices. And there seems to be a built-in bias here. And why should Republicans be okay with it? The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour two of the Chris Salcedo Show is underway here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. 
I think it's safe to say that Newt Gingrich was on fire this weekend, and he's and he's the only one. And that that is disturbing to me. He's the only one out there saying, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why should Republicans roll over for this? You got Marco Rubio out there saying, hey, just just shut up, sit down and 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 take it, Donald Trump, whatever they're dishing out, all the bias, all the unfairness, just take it. And Gingrich is saying, wait a minute. No. Gingrich right there asking why Republicans should be comfortable with conflicts of interests. And, he sh- and they shouldn't be. But he's the only one piping up. Now, Abe, he likes to turn the, the tables every once in a while, and Newt Gingrich isn't afraid, like some Republicans are, of asking the press, you know, uh, wh- what do you think's going on here? What, what do you, why do you think we should all be okay? And, and the press, like Martha Raddatz over at ABC News, continues to pivot and roll and Let's talk about Rod Rosenstein. And don't get me started on Rosenstein. I'll probably ask our guest here at the bottom of the hour, uh, who is uh, an expert on these kinds of things. I'll ask our guest if if he thinks Rosenstein is friend or foe. Or a a plant or what. Because I got to tell you, many people are starting to, to ask openly, why was one of the first acts that Rosenstein did was to come in, recommend Comey's firing, and then appoint a special counsel to investigate Comey's firing as obstruction? It, or or it, it just boggles the mind. So anyway, uh, we'll ask that of John Legato. And again, was this... was. Was Rosenstein, was he telling Mueller that, or Mueller, or whatever they pronounce, how the hell he pronounced his name, was he asking Mueller to investigate possible collusion between Americans and Russia, the, the, the depth of Russia's interference in our elections? What? And then why all of a sudden are we getting reports that Mueller has now moved on to investigating Trump for obstruction? Just, just what is Mueller doing? What are his confines? What, what is he limited by? And Rosenstein hasn't been saying much about this. So we'll ask John Legato, former deep cover FBI special agent and U.S. Army, I'm sorry, U.S. Uh, Marines retired. Oh, don't let him hear me say that. Uh, don't want to get in trouble. All right, ABC. Asking Gingrich if Trump has lost confidence in Rosenstein. And then Gingrich launches on Mueller. Has he lost confidence in him? I think he's furious. I think, I think Trump sits there and says, let me get this straight. I know I didn't do anything with the Russians. Comey has said three times I didn't do anything with the Russians. Nobody in Capitol Hill has any proof I did anything with the Russians. And now I get an independent counsel who's going to mess up at least the next year at a minimum. And who, by the way, you'll notice is expanding his charge. I mean, now they're talking about not the Russians. They're talking about obstruction. Now they're talking about going and looking at financial files, if you believe the leak. And I said yesterday, you get two more leaks like this, Rosenstein's going to have to appoint a special counsel to investigate the special counsel. (laughs) That's a great line. And it's true. Because a legitimate investigation isn't supposed to be leaking like this. But you get the sense 
that this little universe that surrounds James Comey and some of those in intelligence and counterintelligence, this little universe is the one that is populated with all the leaks. Because all of a sudden, you know, James Comey, he leaks to the New York Times in an effort to get a special counsel. Then all of a sudden, here's a special counsel. Then that special counsel starts his quote-unquote work, and all of a sudden there are leaks coming out of that. Damaging leaks only to Donald Trump. And we don't know whether they're true or not because nobody would go on the record. So, and, and, and truth and veracity is, isn't the point. Damaging Trump is. And that is becoming glowingly apparent to anybody that's watching this. Last thing. ABC's Martha Raddatz, the crier, the emotionally, um, shall we say, over-emotionally charged female anchor over at ABC. Remember, she was the one who cried when Hillary Clinton lost the election. Martha Raddatz uh, is flummoxed when Donald Trump actually asks her, what is what is the president of the United States accused of? And she, she never really answers. So what do you think should happen here? If you've got allegations, if you've got people saying what allegations? Like this, if you've got allegations of collusion, you say there's no evidence, but we don't know that. Show the evidence. So should they just the stop evidence. it down? No, show the evidence. If they have any evidence that Donald Trump personally is involved, show it. Yeah, show it. Let's see it. Come on. The FBI has been investigating for nearly a year. And we said this in the first hour. And we've said it repeatedly that every single Democrat, every single person, quote unquote, associated with any sort of credible knowledge to what's been going on, whether it be in the Senate or the House. Now, of course, they're not privy to the FBI's investigation, but nobody, nobody can sit there and say, here's the smoking gun. Oh, there's a lot of smoke there. And I would, I would lay you dollars to donuts that the smoke is mostly generated by partisans not by what actually president trump did or didn't do but these partisans their whole agenda is to create the smoke you know what and and, th and this is what i fear will happen they will be successful in stopping the Trump agenda, which, as I said, the tweeting aside, I support. The border wall, tough on immigration, tax reform, ridding us of Obamacare. I don't think we ought to have a replacement. That's where the president and I disagree. but uh, Or at least have a replacement that sunsets after we reinstitute the marketplace in uh, insurance. But... I'm on board with the agenda, but if this if this agenda gets derailed by these individuals who are throwing up all of this smoke, and then after the agenda is sufficiently derailed, then the establishment Republicans and all the Democrats get to cheer and get to go rah, 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 we stop Trump, and then, oh yeah, by the way, we couldn't find anything. Oh yeah, by the way... Uh, no collusion, no obstruction. 
It's just like what Harry Reid did when he alleged that Mitt Romney didn't pay any taxes for 10 years. He got up on the Senate floor knowing he couldn't be prosecuted for liable because he was on the Senate floor. And he dropped the bomb. I heard from a little birdie, said Harry Reid, that Mitt Romney hadn't paid taxes in 10 years. We'll let him prove it. And then um, after the election had been won by President Obama, Harry Reid was inter- interviewed by CNN, and he said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I lied. He didn't win. And, and, and then who was, it, Dana, was it Dana Bash who said, well, doesn't, doesn't that kind of bother you? He didn't win, did he? Said Harry Reid. This is what I believe the agenda is for the establishment Republicans and the vast majority of Democrats is to undermine this guy and at the end say, oops, sorry, are bad. But then this president's a one-term president. Everything stays status quo, meaning a, a managed decline of the United States rather than an ascendant United States, which is what the majority of us want. But apparently there have been some deals made up on Capitol Hill that that say otherwise. And they get to be rich and fat and happy. And you and I get to wallow. And that this, this is the big fear that they're going to be successful in this. And that kind of leads me after, after we let this finish out, this kind of leads me into where we're going next as to where are the Republicans? But, but we're not talking just not about Donald Trump. Trump. What? We're, we're not just talking about but Donald Trump. Trump did nothing to slow down the investigation below Comey. No one has suggested he, he did anything to the, the regular FBI could go investigate to the heart's content. Trump said he wanted it done. Okay. He was angry at Comey. He wasn't angry at the investigation. Uh, up next, when you have individuals who are part of the liberal biased media establishment raising their hands and saying, well, Where's the smoking gun? Where's the evidence? You, you get a sense that maybe this, this whole narrative is collapsing sooner than the establishment Republicans and the Democrats would like. I'll give it that soundbite, and we'll talk about the Republicans. Coming up, the Chris Salcedo Show, right here on The Blaze. It's not just a show. It's a movement. Join the swarm. Twitter hashtag Salcedo Swarm. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, The Hill is reporting that Sean Spicer may be interviewing some folks to take over his duties as press secretary. That uh, That's interesting. Uh, White House might shift Spicer, writes Axios. So CNN was complaining and moaning. Uh, that they didn't get access. <laughs> and uh, it looks like maybe they're they're mulling, uh, shifting Spicer. That's pretty interesting. All right. I mentioned a member of the left-wing media establishment. 
His name is David Brooks. He's what passes for a Republican in the pages of the New York Times. And this guy who was a big Obama lover, he just, remember, this is the same guy who admired the crease in Obama's slacks. This is this guy. Anyway, he jumps on Meet the Press this weekend and says this about the way things have been progressing in this so-called investigation. You know, I'm, I'm actually getting uh, more uncomfortable with this whole deal, uh, thinking that maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. And I'm bothered by the lack of emerging evidence about underlying the underlying crime. A crime. And, and David Brooks, notice he just says the underlying crime, which is what, colluding with Russia? There is no, there is no evidence. And now... After a year, now he's going to say a couple of months, but after a year of investigating from the FBI, there is still nothing. Nothing that would indicate any type of collusion. So now some of these left-wingers are are starting to get a little upset about or concerned about what I was just talking to you about. About th- th- this, this may all come to, to a, an end and the Trump administration agenda might be thwarted, but then there won't be any prosecution. There won't be, there won't be any there there, and then that's when the Democrats will pay. That's when the left-wing extremists will pay, because there was nothing. And, and of course, the, the, the basket of biased press, they won't pay there. They'll just say, oh, oh, well, nothing here. Glad we had that three-year investigation uh, on to other things. Let's, let's, let's start talking about the election. And getting rid of Trump. That's what that's how they want to play it. That there was actually collusion or coordination between the Trump White House. And so what's happened is we've surrounded the president with this legal minefield. And Donald Trump being Donald Trump steps all over the legal minefield and blows him up six ways from Sunday. But it's become an investigation about itself. And, you know, I've lived through Whitewater. I've lived through a lot of these. And there's a lot of shady behavior that don't rise to the Watergate level. And I'm just afraid we're being swallowed up by the politics of scandal when there's less and less evidence that they actually colluded. Maybe that'll come out, but so far it hasn't, and it bothers me. Yeah, well, it should bother you. It should bother every American. This is a railroad job, plain and simple. A kangaroo court. This is, this is politics. And what did he call it? The politics of investigation or something along those lines. Let me recue that. Hold on a second. It was, it was toward the end here. Behavior that don't rise to the Watergate level. And I'm just afraid we're being swallowed up by the politics of scandal. Politics of scandal. There's no scandal there, but it's just, just saying there's a scandal, that's enough. When there's less and less evidence that they actually colluded. They- yeah, there is, there is no evidence. And that's, and that's why you hear reports from the Washington Post that there is no evidence of collusion, so now we're going to obstruction. Which, by the way, there's no evidence of obstruction either. Anybody with half a brain cell looks at what Trump was reported to have said, even if what he was reported to have said to James Comey, even that doesn't rise to the level of obstruction. And Trump is saying he didn't say it. Now, I've been trying to get to this soundbite for the better part of a couple of weeks and because of breaking news and because of my vacation i couldn't get to it this is the fox news panel talking about the lack of legislative accomplishment among republicans will the filibuster be changed 
I don't think so. And I, I just I, I, that's not what this is not a, a disagreement between the president and the Senate majority leader about the filibuster. This is a, a, him not understanding what reconciliation is. It is a procedure, a very narrow procedure to allow a partisan vote to protect them from the Democrats filibustering it. This is a Republican Party family fight. The Democrats are not stopping health care reform. They are not stopping tax reform. Well, they're not helping either These, one either. You know what? They're not standing in the way. Republicans are standing in the way. You can talk to all the members that are looking at trying to get the debt ceiling increased by the end of July and a vote to break all the sequester caps from 2011 and what's called the Budget Control Act. They have to do a deal with Democrats on that. I understand. But they, let me just push back one second. If on health care you lose people because they don't buy this two-phase system where you're going to pass this under reconciliation and then suddenly going to have another bill where you're going to have tort reform and crossing state lines and you put it together and you save a couple of votes that way, isn't that then possible? Uh, then he's having a fight with the Senate Majority Leader over burning up the filibuster and, and using it for and, and, and using the nuclear option on legislation, which is a, a fight I don't think he wants. I think the best route is for him to get involved and for them to try to pass these things through reconciliation. Which well, that seems to be where the Senate is going as far as Obamacare is concerned, the repeal of Obamacare. But that there seems to be only two things that Mitch McConnell is working on, that his Senate is working on. The possible we haven't seen it yet, and the Democrats are really ticked off they haven't seen it, uh, which is this Obamacare repeal and replace, and possibly taxes. But that's it. Duncan Hunter went on Fox News over the weekend and said, the People's House, the House of Representatives, we're working. It's the Senate. It's Mitch McConnell and the anti-Trump establishment over in the Senate who aren't working. I'm really uh, disappointed in the Senate, in the Senate, in the Senate. I mean, that's the House of Representatives. Of, we've, we've passed numerous bills, um, lots, lots of, uh, of great deregulation. Tax reform's going to, it's already started it in the House. It's the Senate. It, it's that simple. They are slow. And they need to, you know, get off of their tails and, and pass something. I mean, we have to pass health care reform prior to doing tax reform, and they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. And I don't know that it's slow uh, because of the, the nature of the Senate. I think it's slow because a, a deal has been made between Harry Reid and Chuck Schumer and John McCain and his buddies, the Democrats, and Lindsey Graham and his buddies, the Democrats, and Bob Corker and his buddies, the Democrats. The establishment has jumped in bed with the other party to do one thing, to stymie the Trump agenda. And it's all coming to a grinding halt in the Senate. And many people are starting to rightly ask, in my opinion, what good is it having Republicans in charge in the Senate after all? Now, they might say at the Supreme Court, but uh, that's uh, that's done. We need some more stuff. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's get into our guest, uh, into much discussion with our guest, John Legato, United States Marine Corps, retired, former deep cover FBI special agent and author of the new book, The Near Enemy, a John Book thriller, a Booker thriller, I should say. Legato has been an adjunct college professor teaching counterterrorism and international security at Campbell University at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Mr. Legato, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, let's let's dig down deep before we get. To, I want to get into a little bit about your book too, but uh, the current events seem to be centered around these so-called investigations started in the FBI nearly a year ago. Now the Senate and the House are doing their investigations, and now we have Special Counsel Bob Mueller. Uh, should there be in the first place a special counsel here? Number one and number two, if there should be, then should it be Bob Mueller? Well, the first question, the appointment uh, under the special counsel statute of Mueller is illegitimate because it, it's supposed to be only triggered by an underlying criminal probe. We have just rumors right now, so the, the actual formation of a special counsel is illegitimate. And, and uh, Bob Mueller should not be um, investigating. He should recuse himself because the special counsel statute talks about conflict of interest, and it's almost written verbatim for this situation because uh, Comey and Mueller have a longstanding relationship. Right. And it looks like Comey has a a history of this. I mean, going back to Patrick Fitzgerald, uh, I guess they have godchildren between them. And you know what? What you're making allusion to here, John, is is something that uh, Greg Jarrett of Fox News was talking about. Here's what uh, we played from him last week. I mean, first of all, the special counsel law specifically says that you may not serve as special counsel if you have a close personal relationship with a key pivotal witness. Comey is obviously that witness. They're close friends, close allies, close partners. They were joined at the hip at the FBI and the DOJ. So it's incomprehensible that Mueller was chosen because in the end, if there is a case against uh, the president for obstruction of justice, who is Mueller going to believe? Yeah, so and that begs the question: Why would why would Rod Rosenstein get get his job, uh, evaluate that James Comey needs to be fired, and, and and a very well thought out letter, I might say, and then within weeks after that, uh, calls for a special counsel, uh, Bob Mueller. I, I I just don't I don't understand it. What, what 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 could the rationale be there? Number one, and then what do you make of Rod Rosenstein? Well, I knew they had a personal relationship. So, you know, Rosenstein knew, you know, not only a personal relationship, but the statute calls you can't have a political relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if I, if I was an agent, when I was an agent, I'm a retired agent, and someone gave me a, a case on my best friend or a former partner, I'm trying to think the emotions I would have. If he's suspected of criminal activity, I would think, wow, you know, I didn't think he could do it. And the second thing I'm thinking Boy, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can. I might not think this, but you think more with your heart than your emotion. And then I would hope that some adult up the chain of command would say, we can't put you in that position, Legato, to investigate your, your best friend because it's not fair to you and it's not fair to your best friend. But who's the adult in this situation? I mean, it's a classic conflict of interest. Yeah, and I, I got to ask then, so what, what can Americans glean from that 
about R- Rod Rosenstein. I mean, here's a guy who should have known about the relationship between Comey and Mueller and appointed Mueller anyway. What can we derive about about the the assistant attorney general? Well, I'll tell you what we could derive about justice in general. I mean, uh, 30, 40 years ago, uh, the Justice Department attorney general was not a little bit political. The FBI was apolitical. When I worked cases, we didn't target ideologies. But under Mueller's directorship with the FBI, he merged the FBI and justice together. And I'll give you an example of that. Uh, Forty years ago, I would open a case, investigate it, uh, develop informants, and conclude the case, and I'd bring it over to justice. Under Mueller's 10 years, we had to get permission to open certain cases, permission to open informants, permission to use investigative techniques. So in answer to your question, not only is the Justice Department political and has been for a few years, but Comey made the FBI political. And, and that's the, the thing that I think that we agents, you know, retired or active duty, uh, have trouble swallowing. We were never a political uh, organization. Well, let me be direct about this. Should uh, the president of the United States dismiss Rod Rosenstein? Oh, he should dismiss Rosenstein. He should dismiss uh, Mueller. I mean, it's a classic conflict of interest, and I am keep waiting for the— The problem is, Chris, is the only two people that can get rid of Mueller is the attorney general and the president. Um, you know, Congress can't do it. So you would hope Mueller would say, you know— I can't do this because not only is, is Comey a witness, Comey is a potential subject when he released that uh, that memo under mm-hmm. the uh, Public Records Act. So how are you going, and, and who are you going to believe? I mean, you have a best friend, I'm sure. Aren't you predisposed to believe your best friend? Absolutely, absolutely. And that, that could give us a window into what kind of mad Bob uh, man Bob Mueller is as well. John Legato, uh, our guest right now, folks, United States Marine Corps, retired. The name of uh, uh, the book is The Near Enemy, a John Booker thriller. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. Should Americans be concerned that Bob Mueller is staffing his investigation with what appears, on the, uh, at least on the outside, as rank partisans? They're big Democrat supporters. They have questionable ethical standards. Should we, uh, should, aside from Mueller's ability to, to serve legally, what about who he's staffing with? Well, let me do it. I'm a retired FBI agent and former Marine. I was a Vietnam Marine. But anyway, Mueller is staffing. He's stacking the deck. I mean, I can't believe he's doing it. And he's not being, you know, very circumspect about it. And the only thing I can think of is that at some point he might recuse himself of a portion of the investigation having to do with Comey. But what he did by picking those people, I haven't heard this put forth, but, you know, this is my my investigative mind. Okay, I will recuse myself from the Comey part of this, but I'll, you know, do the rest of it. So he stacked the deck that uh, these other people are going to believe Comey too. A lot of them had worked with Comey. Uh, with leaked reports, uh, we can see this investigation is, is already going beyond its mandate. I mean, we, the American people were told, oh, we're going to have a special counsel to look into Russia's interference in our elections. But that is now we're getting leaks that uh, they're looking into financial dealings uh, with Jared Kushner. They're looking into uh, now obstruction of justice. This thing already appears to be running away. Yeah, three months he said it would take, and three years is more like it. And I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be a perjury witch hunt for Trump's uh, you know, associates. 
that's what it's going to be. And uh, they're going to go after the financial part of it. You know, the whole collusion, when I hear that word and I, I listen to it, there's not such a crime as collusion. But what collusion infers is that the President Trump and his son-in-law and the Attorney General and, the, you know, um, are Russian spies. That's the inference. They don't say that, but they use the word collusion and and they want us to take from that. That's a, that's the only thing they could be saying, right? Is that yeah. they're Russian spies. Yeah, well, no, that that is the inference. And it, and it is meant to, as we have said from the very beginning, this doesn't appear to be about getting to the bottom of what the Russians did to us and then making the Russians pay. As a matter of fact, I haven't heard one Democrat come out and say, you know what, once we get the full scope, we had better punish Russia. All they're interested in doing is is punishing Trump uh, because, you know, one gets the sense that they want to leave. A lot of these Democrats want to leave Russia harmless. And I, and I don't believe Russia's harmless. I believe Russia needs to be punished. Um, John Legato is our is our guest, folks. He is United States Marine Corps retired and he's the author of this book, The Near Enemy, a John Booker thriller. Tell us about the book. Well, that's uh, the book is, is sort of timely, too, because it's about lone wolf terrorists. And we have so many obstructions to investigating lone wolf terrorism. And I, I just read an article and and I Alexandria has changed uh, the whole thought process of what constitutes a lone wolf terrorist. But mm. in this in this book, I've taken fictional characters with actual lone wolf attacks and I showed what could be done if we didn't have a restriction on surveilling mosques, if the watch list was a stop list, it goes into different lone wolf attacks and shows if we only didn't have these restrictions, we could have prevented the Boston Marathon bombing, uh, Manchester bombing in, in England, in Manchester. And uh, and that's the problem we have. We, we could mitigate lone wolf attacks by 80% if we would do seven things that's in the near enemy. Hmm. Uh, I got something that's breaking right now. And maybe since I've got you here, John, I might as well get you to to comment on this. Uh, Otto Warmbier has passed away. Now, for those of you who don't know, don't know the name, this is the young man, the young Virginia student who was detained by the communist North Koreans, sent back in a coma. They said he contracted botulism. He has now passed away. Uh, your thoughts, John? Yeah, I, I think the doctors were disputing the botulism, and it was, uh, and I, I can't be sure of this, but it wasn't botulism, it was torture. Uh, my thoughts on it, this, the biggest threat we have is not Russia and not China, I mean the immediate threat. Um, I've been to Russia five times, they're, they're a superpower, but they're not, they couldn't go to a sustained or traditional war. This kid in, in South Korea is our immediate biggest threat. I don't have the answer to it. Uh, the only thing that, that we can do is, you know, press China on on telling the kid to uh, to get in line. But uh, <laughs> my thought is that Otto was murdered. I agree. I agree. The uh, the people of North Korea or the, the government, I should say, of North Korea are culpable in the killing of an American citizen. And I hope it does not go unpunished. John Legato. Oh, yeah, what, do we, what, do, what do we do? That's a good question. I'm sorry. Just, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. You're absolutely right. What do we do? I, and I think that's important uh, for the Trump administration to, to, to address. John Legato is his name, everybody. United States Marine Corps retired. The Near Enemy, a John Booker thriller is the name of the book. He is a former FBI special agent and author of that book. 
Uh, John, I appreciate your time and expertise here on the South Sailor Show. We'll get you back on soon, sir. You take care of yourself. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Appreciate it. More to come, folks. We'll wrap the show on The Blaze. Broadcasting with Latin flair. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is breaking from Reuters. A U.S. student, Otto Warmbier, who was imprisoned in North Korea for 17 months before being returned home in a coma less than two weeks ago, has died in a Cincinnati hospital, his family said in a statement on Monday. Unfortunately, the awful, torturous mistreatment of our son received at the hands of North Koreans ensured that no other outcome was possible beyond the Sad one we experienced today, the family said in a statement. Kim Jong-un ought to be made to pay a price. And a steep one. I have said, my predicate is this, for every one American we visited upon you a hundredfold. You take out one American, you better be prepared. Um, I pray the Trump administration will will take heed uh, keep in mind folks if the previous administration had been in power we would have had no chance of making north korea pay as a matter of fact indeed it was the previous administration who allowed him to be held for so long and uh, didn't stand up to the north korean dictator and uh, he's now passed Sad. I uh, prayers and thoughts with with their family. Absolutely. Uh, last thing before we leave, uh, one more thing I want to touch on about the Republicans. Judge Janine just let loose on the GOP. Now she is, of course, talking about what's going on with the investigations and maybe with legislation too. But she just went to town on the GOP. There's something that's not being talked about. And right now, it is the biggest danger to our country. A subtle plot by the GOP to help bring down the President of the United States and bring the establishment back into power. The belief, if done quickly enough, they'll still be in power and there'll be sufficient time to recover to promote their favorite son as candidate for president in 2020. And the Democrats, whether you like them or not, are doing their job. They're fighting, they're resisting, and they're all on one page. Curious, other than Newt Gingrich, few, if any, Republican politicians vociferously supporting their president. That is kind of curious. And it's not just an irrational support. Nobody's talking them to go die, asking them to, to, to go die on the sword for something that Donald Trump has done that they can't support. Uh, what Judge Janine is talking about, just support the guy using the rule of law. Didn't take your liberty-loving Latino or New Gingrich much to say, Bob Mueller's not legitimate. 
Bob Mueller has a conflict of interest and he's appointing people with tons of conflicts of interest. Where's the crime? What does it, why, why can't you Republicans ask the question, where's the crime? Since when do we get to start investigating in this country because one political party loses an election and needs a scapegoat? Show me evidence of a crime. There is none. Even David Brooks of the New York Times is starting to wonder out loud. Gee, there's no underlying crime here. I'm a little concerned about that. Remember, everybody, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a great Monday, folks. Back here tomorrow, Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern, the Blaze Radio Network. We'll see you then. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.